A Job for Valentine, page 230. I can't swim very well, mainly because my eyesight is so bad. The minute I take off my glasses to get in the pool, everything becomes a blob of color and I freeze. But I manage to talk my way into a summer job at the city pool anyway. All I'll be doing is selling drinks and snacks, and I get to talk to everyone since the little concession stand faces the pool and the cute lifeguard, Bob Dylan Kalinowski. His mother named him after the old singer from the 60s. It's a good first day. Mrs. O'Brien says I don't need any training. I can run a cash register. I can take inventory. And I'm very friendly with customers. The only thing I don't really like is that Mrs. O'Brien expects to be told if I ever see Bob Dylan messing around on the job. People's lives, children's lives are in that young man's hands, she says. Keep an eye on him, Teresa, and use that phone to call me if you need to. I say, yes, ma'am, even though I feel funny about being asked to spy on Bob Dylan. He's a senior at my school, and yeah, a crazy man sometimes. But if they gave him the job as a lifeguard, they ought to trust him to do it right. That was the first day. Except for O'Brien asking me to think on Bob Dylan, I had a good time. And one thing nobody knows, I'm interested in Bob Dylan too. He flirts with every girl in school, even me. The second day is bad news, a disaster. I got assigned a mentally challenged assistant by the city. There's a new program to put retarded people to work at simple jobs so they can make some money, learn a skill, or something. I don't have anything against these handicapped people, but I I don't want to spend my whole summer with one. Besides, how is it going to look to Bob Dylan and my other friends? They're not going to want to hang around the store with someone like that around. But there he is. My new partner is being let in by Mrs. O'Brien. He is Puerto Rican, like me, 30 years old and mildly challenged. He has the IQ of a third grader, she tells me, a bright third grader, and he is an artist. I can't help but wonder what others are going to say about this guy. It's hard enough to get people to believe that you have normal intelligence when you're Puerto Rican, and my assistant will be living proof for prejudiced people. He's brought some of his creations, Mrs. O'Brien told me in a cheerful voice. We're letting him sell them at the store. Valentine is gifted in art. Old Valentine has the posture of a gorilla and so much hair on his head and his arms that he is furry and he's carrying a huge shopping bag that seems to drag him down. Great, wonderful, Mrs. O'Brien takes Valentine's hand and guides him in, but then she is distracted by yelling and running at poolside. No running is allowed. Bob Dylan is nowhere in sight. Mrs. O'Brien takes off for the pool, and I'm left facing Valentine. He's standing there like a big hairy child, waiting to be told what to do. I'm Terry, I say. Nothing. He doesn't even look up. This is going to be worse, even worse, than I thought. What's your name? I say it real slow and loud. Soy Valentin, he says in Spanish. His deep voice surprises me. Then he starts 
taking out these little animals. They are strange looking things, all tan in color. They are made from rubber bands. Valentine takes them out one at a time. A giraffe, a teddy bear, an elephant, a dog, a fish, all kinds of animals. They are really kind of cute. Do you speak English? I ask him. I can speak Spanish, but not that good. See, si, Valentine says. He arranges his rubber band menagerie on the counter, taking a long time to decide what goes next to what. Mrs. O'Brien walks in looking very upset. Teresa, does he do this often? I know she's talking about Bob Dylan taking off. This is only my second day here, I protest, and maybe my last, I think. Teresa, someone could drown while that boy is away from his post. I don't say anything. I was not hired to spy on Bob Dylan. Although I do plan to keep my eyes on him a lot for my own reasons, he's fun to watch. Mrs. O'Brien turns to Valentine. I see you two have met. Teresa, it is Valentine's goal to sell his art and make enough money to buy himself a bicycle. He lives in a group home on Green Street and he wants to have transportation so that he can get a job in town. I think it's a wonderful idea, don't you? Mrs. O'Brien sighs, looking out at the pool again. Bob Dylan is back in his lifeguard chair. She says again, Teresa, if anything goes wrong, use that phone there to call me. At five, I'll come get Valentine. See if you can get your friends to buy his art. It's for a worthy cause. Valentine watches her leave the store with the look of a child left at school for the first time. His hands are trembling a little as he continues to line up his little rubber band zoo. Valentine moves around me cautiously. He acts like he's afraid I'm going to bite his head off. It's really annoying. He shows me a bunch of thick rubber bands. He smiles. Trabajo, he says. Work. It is his job. Yes, make more animales, animales, I say. That will keep him busy and out of my way. I watch him wind a rubber band around his index finger into a tight little ball. He does it so slowly and carefully that it makes me want to scream. Bob Dylan's voice startles me. Bob Dylan's deep voice startles me. Hey, is... Is that your new boyfriend there, Terry? I thought you were my girl. He pulls himself up onto the counter. The muscles on his arms are awesome. Hi. I cannot think of anything else to say. Give me an OJ on the rocks, little mama, and introduce me to El Hombre over there. And what are these? Uh, this is Valentine, I point to him, and Valentine quickly ducks his head like someone's going to punish him. He makes them to sell. Bob Dylan picks up the fish and makes his eyes cross. I have to laugh. Valentine stops what he's doing to stare at us. He looks afraid. But he doesn't move. I take the fish back and put it in its place on the counter. Very nice, my man, Bob Dylan says, too loud. Valentine drops the little ball and it bounces and rolls under the counter. I can tell that he's upset. Bob Dylan laughs and kisses my hand. 
My Chiquita Banana, he says. Stay true to me. Don't give my whereabouts out to the enemy. I shall return. Bye, I say. I am such a great conversationalist inside my own head. But he's already looking away. We have both heard familiar giggles. It's Clarissa and Anne. I see him waving to them, letting them get a view of his entire glorious self. He looks over his shoulder at me and winks, covering all the bases. Valentine has finally retrieved his rubber ball out from behind some cartons. He looks a little embarrassed, and I guess that he's really been hiding. Valentine, let me show you how to pour drinks. Those two girls will order a root beer and a diet cola. I'll do the cola, and then you do the root beer. Watch. He watches me very closely, following my hands with his eyes. Hey, Terry, how's the job going? Clarissa booms out. I hear a crash behind me and see that Valentine has dropped ice all over everything. Both my friends start giggling. Valentine's turning red from his neck up, embarrassed. This is Valentine, I say, not smiling. He's helping me out, and he's selling these so that he can buy himself a bicycle. You make them yourself, right? Anne is trying to be nice. Dos dolores, Valentine says to Anne. Anne takes the draft and hands me a $5 bill. Valentine follows me to the cash register while I make change. I hand him two $1 bills. He smiles at me. Then he starts to pick up the ice cubes he dropped one by one. When I turn back to my friends, they are both grinning. Well, Teresa, you are going to have a very interesting summer, Clarissa says, looking pointedly in Valentine's direction. Soon I get a crowd of kids all at once, so I have to get to work. Valentine really gets the hang of pouring drinks, but I'm hoping he'll get tired of the work and quit. After we fill the orders, he sits down and closes his eyes. It must be tough to have to work so hard at every little thing you do. He takes the rubber band ball he's been working on and starts a tail on it. But he just smiles at me and a peaceful look settles over his face. I guess that means he's happy. Everything settles into a routine for Valentine and me for the next few days. The only problem I have is Mrs. O'Brien who calls me a lot to ask me about him and about Bob Dylan. I just say everything's okay even though Bob Dylan has zeroed in on an older girl and he's disappeared with her at least once that I know of. I found out after she left her two-year-old son alone, asleep on a lounge chair. When he woke up, he started crying so loud that I had to go out there and get him before someone called Mrs. O'Brien. I brought him into the store and it was instant friendship between the kid and Valentine. The two of them played with the rubber band animals until his mother, Maricela Nunez, finally showed up looking like she'd been having a good time. I was furious. Is Pablito having fun with his new friend, she says in a fake friendly voice. She showed no anxiety over the fact that the could have, kid could have drowned or just walked off into traffic while she was fooling around with Bob Dylan. Looking at them, she says, laughing at the way Pablito and Valentine, Valentine are lining up the animals back on the counter. I think Pablito is teaching the dummy a few things. Valentine looks at me with such a hurt expression 
that I honestly had to count to five or I would have punched her. I lift Pablito over the counter to his mother. Maricela, you are the dummy. You listen up. If we hadn't been here to take care of your son, someone would have called the family services and they would have taken him away, which may be the best thing for him anyway. She storms off and behind me I hear soft laughter. It's Valentin, apparently amusing himself with his new toy. By Friday afternoon, Maricela has been here every afternoon and she, Pablito and Bob Dylan leave together. Valentin is getting good at pouring drinks and cleaning up, so at least the job is easier. He works with his rubber bands and only talks when Maricela brings Pablito over for a snack. Valentin is teaching Pablito the names of his animals in Spanish. Elefante, caballo, oso. Valentin points to each animal. Then Pablito tries to repeat the words. This makes Valentin smile big. I guess it makes him feel good to be able to teach someone else something for a change. It's almost closing time on Friday when we hear a kind of little scream. It doesn't last very long, so so I almost ignore it. I think it's some kid out in the street since the pool is closed for the day. But Valentin has come out with a really scared look on his face. He's trying to see something in the water. I don't see anything, but Valentin is flapping his arms and stuttering, Pa! 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 His eyes look terrified. I start thinking he may be about to have a fit or something. What, what, what is it, Valentin? What, what, what do you see out there? Pablito! Pablito! He is trembling so much I fear he is going to go out of control, but I I don't have time to think. The water is moving and it could be the kid. I I don't see Bob Dylan anywhere. Get Mrs. O'Brien, I yell to Valentine, but he is frozen on the spot. When I get to the pool, I see the kid is thrashing wildly near the edge. He's really scared and his kicking is only forcing him away toward the deep water. I jump into the shallow end and start walking in his direction. I cannot tell how deep it will be, and I feel scared that I may drown. But I have to reach Pablito. I keep going toward his voice. But I feel that I'm moving in slow motion, so I finally dive into the water. My glasses get wet and I can't see, so I throw them off, which makes it worse. I can't see a thing. I start screaming for help. I'm sinking and pushing up, stretching my hands in front of me to feel his body. Just when I feel that my lungs are going to burst, I feel Pablito and pull him up. I hear splashing behind me, and it's Valentin heading for us. He carries Pablito out of the pool in one arm and pulls me out with his free hand. When I take him from Valentin's arms, his body feels limp, so I put put him on the ground and push on his tiny chest until water comes out. Soon, he is coughing and crying. Then I see Bob Dylan and Maricela run up. Bob Dylan takes over while I run to call Mrs. O'Brien in the emergency rescue. Maricela goes nuts until Valentin guides her to a bench where they sit holding hands until the ambulance drives up. She and Bob Dylan ride with Pablito to the hospital. It's all over in minutes, but I feel like it's days while Valentin and I sit in Mrs. O'Brien's office waiting for word from the hospital. I also expect to get fired for not reporting that Bob Dylan was not at his post. 
She comes in in a very solemn mood, and I look over at Valentin, who is wringing his hands. I know he's only thinking of Pablito, and I feel a little guilty for worrying about myself so much. The boy is going to be fine, Mrs. O'Brien says, thanks to both of you. Then she does something that really surprises me. She kisses me on the forehead. She fishes my glasses out of her skirt pocket. Then she goes over to Valentine. Valentine, you did a very good thing today. You and Teresa saved a little boy's life. You are a hero. Do you understand me? See, si, Valentine says, but I'm not sure about his English, so I start to translate. Valentine, ella dice que eres un erro. I know, Valentine says, and smiles real big. You speak English? I cannot believe he's fooled me into thinking that he can barely speak a few words of Spanish, and here he understands two languages. See, si, Valentine answers, and laughs his funny, quiet laugh. Mrs. O'Brien looks at Valentine in a motherly way. Valentine, how would you like to keep your job here year-round? Valentine slowly glances over at me, as if asking me what I think. He can communicate in total silence, and I'm learning his language. When the pool closes at the end of the summer, we are going to ask you, and yes, Teresa too, to come work in my office. We have many things that you both can do, such as helping out with after-school programs and supervising the playground. Are you interested? Valentine looks at me for an answer again. I can tell that we have to take the job as partners or he won't do it. I sneeze loudly and he practically falls out of his chair. Really, he's the most nervous human being I've ever met. I see that I'm going to have to put up with him in this new job, too. I, I don't think anyone else would have the patience. A job for Valentine.